host, Jennifer Strickland. Welcome to the I Am A Woman podcast. I'm super grateful to have you on board. I want to thank all of you guys for your positive reviews of the show. If you haven't done a review yet, please leave us a five-star review. It really, really helps us get uh, the word out about the podcast. And it's really fun to see that we've got listeners from the States, from Canada, from Europe, from Asia, from all over the world. And I just want to let you guys all know that I appreciate you and you are my entire motivation for doing this. (laughs) So I have a message today that is really, really dear to my heart. And it's about what happens to people who hurt children. And this has been a very difficult uh, last few years in our nation. There's a lot of division regarding the issue of gender affirming care. I covered uh, a little bit of that issue with the truthful therapist. I had her on the show twice. So if you haven't heard uh, her message, therapy or indoctrination with the truthful therapist, please go back and listen to those two messages because I really believe that she has a lot of great insights for us. And we're just really um, exploring this topic from a humble perspective and from a perspective of wanting to learn uh, and wanting to ask questions and wanting to understand what is happening to the children in especially the United States, but really actually all over the world. Um, we know that, uh, here in the state of Texas, it's just become illegal, uh, to, to practice gen- what they call gender affirming care. It's a very confusing um, title. Uh, it reminds me of calling abortion health care because <laughs> I've never met uh, a mom who went through an abortion who uh, received any care for the child or for herself. So the, the word health care for abortion is also very, very deceiving because the child is not cared for and neither is the mother. Um, But when it comes to uh, gender-affirming care, it basically, uh, our understanding of this is that they give growth or, or, excuse me, uh, hormones to children who believe that they are trapped in the wrong body or that they were born in the wrong biological sex. And from that goes on to uh, often surgeries uh, in which these child's bodies are, are, are surgically manipulated and often often mutilated. So there is, again, a big divide about this in our country because gender dysphoria is a very real, a very real illness. It is very confusing to feel like you are in a body that is not aligned with your uh, biological sex. And uh, we know that the transgender movement is really wanting to teach all children that this is um, a healthy choice. This is a choice to be celebrated. Um, Let me just put it this way. Biblically, that is just not the case. That is just not the case. And so I want to make a sort of um, biblical appeal to this topic and see if we can see what the Bible says about it. And I hope that wherever you are, if you have children that are experiencing this or or friends or uh, you know and love uh, transgender people or people who are in the LGBTQ movement, this is in no way a message of condemnation. This is just a warning. 
It's just a warning because um, when the Bible uses the word woe, uh, W-O-E, it means woe. (laughs) It means we better step back and pay attention. Um, And there's a scripture that says, woe to those who call evil good and and good evil. And there's also woe, W-O-E, to those that uh, harm children. So when we're we're dealing with children, we have to be ultra, ultra sensitive. We know that Jesus said that their angels are facing God's throne all day long. That's like, that's very fascinating, isn't it? It's really fascinating. I want to read you guys um, Matthew 18, that passage, and we're going to start there today. And then we're going to talk about the impact of gender affirming care or any kind of um, mutilation or manipulation of the genitals of children and what exactly that means. Um, I'm not going to go into defining that, 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 um, those procedures today. I'm just going to try to stick with the facts of what we know about the history of FGM or female genital mutilation in the world. Um, and because it, in, in the past, it was it was really only done to little girls. But now in this nation, it's been done to little boys and girls. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about um, the, our created bodies. Okay. So I just want to take a biblical and factual stance on this today and just sort of present it to you. Uh, and, and each one of us really have to make our own personal convictions about this. But uh, bi- the Bible is super, super clear about this topic. It's actually, um, in no way is this a nebulous topic biblically. There are nebulous topics on in the Bible, right? <laughs> we know uh, that there are areas that the Bible seems not to be very clear on. Um, this one is pretty much crystal clear. So um, Matthew 18, it says that at the time the, the disciples came to Jesus and said, who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Uh, they were wanting to elevate themselves. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> uh, Jesus was about to lower himself by dying on the cross, and the disciples want to know who's going to be great in the kingdom. Um, and Jesus immediately called a little child over to them. Uh, so if you can imagine, he, he he takes a little child. We'll just go ahead and imagine, you know, your child, your child when he or she was maybe, you know, six, seven, eight years old, could have been five years old, could have been three years old. We really don't know. But he calls a child in front of him and he says, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, what do we know about children? The amplified version of this verse says that when you become like a child, it means you're humbling yourself. It means you're not so prideful. You don't know it all. I don't know it all. That's the only way anyone comes to God anyway, is when they finally admit that they do not want to be the Lord of their own lives, that they're not a good God, (laughs) that they're not a good Lord, that running their own life and deciding to do things their way is actually not working out for them. And when you finally admit that and say, I need something bigger than myself, I need God's help instead of um, being on the throne of my own life, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. So that's really how people come to God in the beginning is when they admit that they're fallen, that they're not perfect and that they need help. Okay. That's, that's how you come to Christ is by humbling yourself. 
Um, but it's funny that Jesus is talking to Christ followers. I mean, he's talking to his disciples and he's like, look, you disciples, you are not going to enter the kingdom of heaven unless you humble yourself like this little child. Right. And what else do we know about children? They're trusting. Uh, again, if you look in the amplified uh, version of this verse that really unpacks uh, the Greek language, it also uh, connotates the fact that these children, they trust the adults who care for them. They're trusting. Um, and so he, he says, look, unless you become like these trusting, humble, innocent children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven He says, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So it's the person who is humble. Uh, And I talked about this in the last last episode, what I think of the pride flag. I really want you to listen to it because it is always humility that God honors. He, He goes on to say, whoever receives such child in my name receives me, but whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be greater for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Uh, and the Greek also means if you ever cause a child to stumble or you hinder them, you hinder them from coming to who? Coming to Christ. If you hinder a child from coming to Christ, if you make a child stumble, if you hold yourself up as so arrogant (laughs) to not believe in God and to lead other children in that direction, it would be better for you to have a massive boulder tied around your neck and be buried in the bottom of the sea than to make a child stumble. It would be better to drown in the bottom of the sea than to hinder a child from coming to Christ in any way, in any way. That's pretty serious. That's pretty serious. So, you know, I am thinking right now about the school teachers that are teaching these children that they might be born in the wrong body, (laughs) that God doesn't know anything about gender, that people can invent their own. You know, I recently heard in a school district right next to where I live, they have decided to put litter boxes, litter boxes in the bathroom for children who believe they're cats. Okay. How crazy are we going to get telling people that God is not their creator, that what they think, what they feel is a fact And now we're going to debase children to the point of animals. Okay, that's where this thinking goes. What happens to a culture that rejects God as their creator? All you have to do is read Romans 1 and 2, is that they turn against anything. They turn against all reason, and they become sick in the head. Because I can tell you that if my son came to me and told me he was a cat— I would tell him to um, go in the backyard and try to live outside for a little while, okay? No, I would tell him, sweetheart, you're not a cat. 
I would tell him the truth. God created you to be a little boy, and you're wonderful just the way that you are. And God doesn't make mistakes, and you're perfect just the way that you are. Okay, but I digress. In Matthew 18, verse 10, Jesus says these words. Let's try to stick to the words of Jesus and not the words of Jen. Okay, let's, let's try to just focus on what does, what does Jesus say? He says, See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father in heaven. So he is saying, let, let, let me just be clear. <laughs> the, this is, I think that's like the coolest vision ever. Think about your child. According to Jesus, your child has angels. And guess where those angels get to sit? Front row. Front row to the Father. They are always in the front row. The angels that guard the children are in the front row, gazing upon the face of the Father all day long. So you cannot hurt a child. If you hurt a child, if I hurt a child, if I neglect my child, if I neglect protecting my child, if I lead my child into sin, okay, it would be better for me to be drowned in the heart of the sea than to lead my child away from Christ. Okay, so one thing we don't want to ever do is hinder our children from, from, from getting to know Christ. How do we hinder people? Usually judgment, usually judging people. Like I remember my daughter telling me when I felt like you judged me, I ran to Nana's house. I ran to my grandmother's house. Why? Because the grandmother, her grandmother didn't judge her. (laughs) Her grandmother didn't look down on her. Her grandmother didn't despise her as the scripture says. But if I looked at my daughter like I despised her and I, I made her feel judged, she ran the other way. She didn't want anything to do with church. How do you hinder a child? You make them feel judged. You make them feel less than. How do you hurt a child? You prevent them from coming to Christ. Okay, so that's, that's what Jesus says. Okay, that, that, that's what he says. He says the face of their angels is facing the Father all day long. Now, who is the father? Who is the father? Deuteronomy 32.6, and I'm putting all of the uh, verses today in the show notes. Deuteronomy 32.6 says, Is he not your father, your creator, who made you and formed you? So we know throughout the scripture that God is Abba Father. Jesus cried, Abba Father, that he was a child of God, that we are children of God when we come to Christ that Jesus is our brother, right? And Jesus himself cries, Abba, Father. Abba means daddy, right? So Jesus himself looked to the Father. Who is the Father? This is the thing. The Father is the creator. That's how he's different from our earthly father. Plus he's perfect and he never stops loving us. And his love is unconditional and it's everlasting no matter what we do. Even if you go get a sex change operation, Okay. Even if you participate in gender affirming care, even if you believe that he's not your creator, he still is your creator. And the moment you cry out to him, Abba, Father, I need you. 
I help me. He's going to help you. Okay. Nothing you do on this earth can prevent you from knowing the father. Okay. Let me just say that. That's why prisoners who at once time abused children can still come to the father. Okay. It would have been better for them to be buried in the bottom of the sea. And there is a judge and he is going to judge them. Okay. But they can still come to the father through Christ. Through Christ, all sins are washed away. So who is the Father? He is your creator who made you and formed you. That's Isaiah 64, 8. We know also that uh, Jeremiah says that um, he made you before, and he knew you before the womb. I think that's Jeremiah 1, 5, that he knew you before the womb. We know that Psalm 139 says that he created you in your mother's womb, that he knit you together in the secret place. See, those verses alone, that's that should be the Christian stance on abortion. That alone. If God is knitting someone together in the womb, who are we to play God and to rip that child from the womb? Can it be forgiven? Yes. But did it hinder a child? Yes, it destroyed that child's life on earth, but not in heaven. Not in heaven. The, the life is still eternal. Nothing that man does on earth can thwart the purposes of God. Life is eternal. But if, 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 if he is knitting a child's life together in the womb, and we destroy that child's life from our own selfish ambition, that is uh, something we're going to be accountable to God for, okay? Just like we're accountable to God for every careless word we say, right? We're accountable for God to God for every prideful thought we have. <laughs> Christ is our only hope, right? Christ is our only hope because it's by His blood. It's only by His blood that we come to the Father. But when we come to the Father, He tells us who He is. He's also our creator, right? We know that from Genesis 1-1, right? He created, okay? He created the heavens and the earth. He created everything in it. He created you and me. So in Isaiah 64, 8, it says, Yet, Lord, you are our father. We are the clay. You are the potter. We are all the work of our hand. So we find out who we are in the reflection of who he is, Right? We don't find out who we are from the teacher in the classroom during Pride Month. She doesn't tell us who we are. And our sexuality doesn't tell us who we are. That has a very small portion. It's an important portion, but it doesn't tell us who we are. We find out who we are in the reflection of who He is. He is the Father. We are His children, right? He is the potter. We are the clay. We are the work of His hand. So... He is our creator who made us and formed us. Deuteronomy 32, 6. Isaiah 64, 8. He is the potter. We are the work of his hands. So what about this teaching? You're born in the wrong body. What do we say to that? Because anybody who feels that, oh my gosh, they're so confused. They're so disoriented. They're, they're, they feel shamed. They feel like maybe if I manipulated the body that I'm in, then I would find peace. 
But the truth is we only find peace through a relationship with Christ. Like we only find peace through a relationship with God. That's, it's not found in a bottle. It's not found in a surgery. It's not found in a medication. I mean, that's one thing our ministry I've been speaking on for years. It's like women years and years and years ago. You know, we know a woman who got in this, in our community, who got a mommy makeover. She believed that if I just, you know, get breast implants and a tummy tuck and suck all this cellulite out of my thighs, you know, then I'm going to be happy with who I am. Well, she died on the table, leaving her teenage son without a mother. Was the surgery going to bring her peace? Was removing the cellulite going to bring her happiness? Biblically, not so. Not so. So I've been, I've been preaching about this for a long time with girls. You know, the filter on Instagram is not going to bring you happiness. The fat burners didn't bring me joy. What's funny is when I really found joy, I got bigger. That's when I had babies. I got fatter, <laughs> right? My, I got more fat, more cellulite. But when I was starving myself, I wanted to kill myself. So you cannot say that losing weight is going to bring you happy, happiness. You cannot say that standing on the scale and having that scale go down is going to bring you happiness. Because when I was at my lowest weight is when I was suicidal. Okay, I'm right now at my highest weight I have ever been in my life. I have more joy and more peace in my life right now than I think I've ever had. Okay, so it's not related to the state of your body, right? So we're the clay, he is the potter, we are all the, we are all the work of his hand. So what do we do with this message that is circulating around the world right now that is rooted in poor self-image, that is rooted in poor body image and could and used to be categorized as a mental illness. This gender dysphoria typically happened with you know, young boys, but no matter who it is and no matter what age that they're at, what is the battle that these kids are really facing? Is he the potter? Am I the clay? Does God make mistakes? Am I a mistake? Am I not really supposed to be female or male? Are there more than two genders? Because in the animal world, there's two genders. There's male and female. In the plant world, there's two genders. There's male and female. What about with humanity? What, what did God really say? I created you male and female. How confused, how confusing, how confusing, how confusing for a child to go into a school and to have the teacher give them a menu of genders to choose from. They're at the age where they're not even allowed to choose dinner because if they could choose dinner, they would choose popsicles for dinner, but they're not at the age to choose what they're going to eat for dinner because they don't even know what's healthy yet. So how confusing.
right? What does the Bible say about this? What does it say? Because I do fear God personally. And like, I don't want to hurt a child. And I don't want to lead a child into sin. And I certainly don't want to hinder them. So we're all at a crossroads right now. And what's true? Is what's true what they find on the internet, that there's 90 genders? Or when Jesus says, I'm the truth, the way, and the life, when God says, I am the truth, what does God say? Because what if, what if we're going to face God at the end of the day? And he's going to say, why didn't you go talk to your school board? Because they were hindering the children to come to me. They were believing a lie and you weren't doing anything about it, right? So each one of us sort of has to check ourselves right now. Not that we can be arrogant and prideful about it and judgmental and critical, but that we better make sure that we guard the children entrusted to our care. So what does the Bible say about it? So I'll tell you, (laughs) let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Isaiah 45 verse nine says, woe to him who quarrels with his maker, maker with a capital M. Woe means woe. Woe means like danger. That's like a dangerous word in the Bible. Woe to him. You better fear the Lord because you're going to see God at the end of the day. You know who you're not going to see at the end of the day? You're not going to see the doctor. You're not going to see the therapist. You're not even going to see the child. You're going to look at the face of God. Only you are going to stand before the judgment seat of God. You're not going to be standing before your husband and say, well, you said, no, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to (laughs) be facing God yourself. And you and I are going to be accountable for every careless word we were spoken, was spoken. That's scary. That's woe. That's woe. That's, we're going to be accountable to God for our pride. We're going to be accountable to God for any way that we sinned against him. So the only hope we have is Jesus. Have I said that before in this podcast? The only hope we have is Jesus, is the blood of Jesus. But when we do stand before God, if we know what his word says, we're going to be accountable to it. It says, woe to him who quarrels with his maker. To him who is but a potsherd among the potsherds on the ground. In other words, remember, we're the pot, he's the potter. He says, does the clay say to the potter, what are you making? Does your work say he has no hands? Woe to him who says to his father, what have you begotten? Or to his mother, what have you brought to birth. This is what the Lord says, the Holy One of Israel and its maker concerning things to come. Do you question me about my children? The work of my hand? Are you questioning me about my children? The work of you, uh, the work of my hand? The creator of the universe says, me who marshaled the starry host, me who laid out the hills, me who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, my own hands stretched out the heavens. I marshaled the starry hosts. I placed every star in the sky. Are you going to question me, the creator of the universe? I'm not talking, not Jen. No, the creator of the universe is talking. Are you going to question me about my children? Are you going to say that I have no hands? Are you going to say that I don't know what I'm doing? 
when I created you male and female? Is that what you're going to really say to me? Says the creator of the universe who marshaled the starry host, who stretched out the heavens, who filled the teeming waters with life. Are you going to say that to me? You prideful, arrogant fool. You prideful, arrogant fool. You know what Isaiah says? That God can blow his breath on a man and he will fall down dead. Your days are numbered. Your days are numbered. What else does the Bible say? The Bible says your body is holy, 1 Corinthians 6.19. The Bible says anyone who destroys the temple of God, God will destroy you. What is the temple of God biblically? Your body, your human body. That's, I mean, study it. Study it for yourself. The body, the human body is holy, according to 1 Corinthians 6.19. And we better be careful when we're taking a scalpel to children's bodies. Here in Texas, this has become illegal. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to the messages with the truthful therapist so that you understand what's really going on in our nation. And this is where I'm going to end because I obviously have studied this. I obviously Uh have a personal, it's personally affronting to me for people to say I was not created male and female because this is what we're going to be judged by the word of God, me and you. And I tremble at his word. And he values the one who trembles at his word. This is non-negotiable. This is non-negotiable. So people are saying, what is wrong with these Christians not helping these kids? We want to help the kids. (laughs) We want to protect the kids. You know, the last thing I'm going to say about this right now is, you know, one of the arguments for this practice of, let's just be honest, mutilating the genitals of children, because that's what quote unquote gender affirming care does. It actually shrinks the private parts of little boys. It shrinks them. Okay. And it makes them infertile. Okay. And we know the first command was to be fruitful and multiply, which can only happen through fertility. This is the last thing I want to say. They try to say, well, you know, those studies don't really show and we don't really know, you know, this is experimental. We're, we're just wanting to help these kids. That's not true. Okay. Over 200 million women and girls alive today have undergone female genital mutilation. And I am quoting this from the WHO, the World Health Organization, the WHO Organization. Over 200 million girls and women alive have undergone female genital mutilation in 30 countries countries in Africa, the Middle East, and Asia where female genital mutilation is practiced. And it's mostly carried out on young girls between infancy and age 15. Okay. Some of these kids that are undergoing uh, gender affirming care, they're taking out their uterus, they're cutting off their breasts. Okay. And they're sewing on a fake penis. Okay. That's female genital mutilation. 
Okay. As Jordan Peterson says, we only have a few pleasure points on our bodies to deal with this difficult life. And two of those pleasure, pleasure points are on your breasts. So to cut off a source of pleasure in this difficult life that we have is nothing short of evil. Unless it's a full grown adult and they've had a conversation with their maker, they're fully formed adult and that's what they really wanna do, that's between them and God. But when it comes to the children, children who can't vote, children who can't have a sip of alcohol, children who can't get a tattoo legally, for us to do this to the children, man, that's an abomination against the Lord. We better be in fear of what he's going to do. So we can't stand by. We can't stand by. Now for the suffering children, they need therapy. They need safe adults. Not that are going to lie to them and tell them they're a cat or a boy when they're a girl and a girl that not, no, a therapist is going to tell them the truth. Your feelings matter. How you feel matters. You are suffering. And there is an answer for you. And that answer is in Jesus Christ, period. If it's not a Christian counselor, fine. Don't lie to them, though. Don't lie to them about who they are. That's only going to mess them up more. Female genital mutilation has zero health benefits, according to the World Health Organization. It has no health benefits. It harms girls and women in many ways. It causes severe pain, excessive bleeding, genital tissue swelling, fever, infections, urinary problems, wound healing problems, injuries surrounding to the genital tissue, shock, and even death. Long-term complications, increased risk of childbirth complications, needs for later surgeries, sexual problems, scar tissue, vaginal problems, urinary problems, and here's the kicker, psychological problems. You mess with the genitals of a child, it's going to cause psychological problems. That's the truth. And lots of detransitioners will tell you that. Depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, the little girls that had female genital mutilation as children by the hands of adults had PTSD. They had PTSD. Low self-esteem and so forth. So I, I, I think it is pretty dang hypocritical for the World Health Organization to do all of this research on the impact of female genital mutilation on little girls and then act today like it's care. It's not care. It's not care. And we have to handle the children with care. When they are children, we need to protect their genitals. No adult should be touching their genitals, not with their hands and not with a scalpel and not with drugs. That's the bottom line. And so the Bible's clear about this. The research is clear about this. And anybody who wants to take it, who disagrees with that can take it up with the Lord, their maker, because he knew them before the womb. And God is a God who doesn't make mistakes. We have got to be careful with the children. If your children are in a school that is telling them that they can have multiple genders and they're being lied to and manipulated by teachers and therapists, you got to get them out of there. You got to get them out of there. 
teach him, homeschool him, teach him at home. There's two genders. It's male and female. And God loves them and doesn't make mistakes. However, if they make a mistake on their body, when they're adults, anything can be forgiven. But if the adults hamper with the children, woe to them. It'd be better for them to be buried at the bottom of the sea than to hamper the children. That's what the Bible says about it. That's what I have to say about it. And I'm just taking a stand. So there we go. Love y'all. Okay. I really believe that God is going to continue to show his word and his truth in light of this really, really confusing culture. Thanks for joining me today. I'm a woman and my name means life. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review and send me a message. I would absolutely love to hear from you. Our email address is support at youaremore.org. That's support at the letter U, the letter R, M-O-R-E dot org. And follow me on Instagram or Facebook. I would love to connect with you guys over there. My handle is at Jennifer Strickland underscore author. I am so happy to have you a part of the show. Thanks so much for listening. You have a blessed day.